back, everyone. Welcome back uh, to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. You're listening live at the drpatshow.com and transformationtalkradio.com. I want to shout out for WBLQ, 1230 a.m. out of Lee, Rhode Island. New York, Connecticut. And I'll tell you, it's uh, WBLQ. i got to give you, Chris, my hat goes off to you because uh, you were, what, the only station in Rhode Island that was broadcasting through the hurricane. Why? Because your heart is in the right place. And you got a great team of people. And we thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We want to thank you for um, picking up this broadcast and making it happen. You know, fearless, the theme. We're broadcasting live from One the Event, uh, from One the Gathering, from One Becoming One. This is a dream of Eric Lawyer, Firefighter Seattle. Said yes to it, angry like the best, the rest of us. A uh, lot of fear, a uh, lot of angst early on, the events of 2001, and uh, went on in a healing journey, an epiphany of sorts. Now he's passionate about helping everyone worldwide shift from that place of fear to that place of love and unity. And I'm so excited to have my friend and colleague joining in on this conversation. Why? Because if there's anybody that knows about fear, what it does to you, it's my friend and colleague, best-selling author, uh, TV sensation, Rhonda Britton. You know, not only is she part of an award-winning venue. She's a repeat Oprah guest. Uh, Oprah has said, yep, this is the real deal. But you know what? Rhonda knew that. She knew that before. Wait till you hear her story. She has founded the Fearless uh, Living Institute. She's also penned things like Fearless Loving. So think about this, folks. This is a woman that has dedicated her life to helping all of us understand what fear is, what fear is not, and take us on the journey so that we can move from this place of stuckness to this place of love. Yes, Rhonda Britton is joining us here today, America's favorite life coach. Uh, her journey is never ending, and we are going to get it on now. Rhonda, thank you for joining me. Welcome to the show. Oh, Dr. Pat, there's nobody better than you. You are just by far my favorite radio show host. You are, you are it, girl. You are it. Well, thank you so much. My goodness. You know, what? Let, let's start with a, a, a pretty global chat. What do you think about this, this, this firefighter guy that puts on this three-day event, personal savings out of his pocket, and says, we're going to take it on? You know, let's create a venue to move from fear to love. What do you think of that vision? I, I, I just want to applaud his courage. He is, he is definitely somebody who's fearless. You know, it takes an extraordinary willingness to put your past behind you and an extraordinary willingness to not see problems but see solutions, to ask for help, to be creative. All of those things are, are, are incredibly fearless skills. Just asking for help. Some people can't, don't even know how to do that, right? It's a, it's a difficult skill for most because many people are afraid of rejection. So the fact that he has been inspired, has taken that inspiration, which a lot of people are inspired, but they don't take it anywhere, taken that inspiration and moved it into action. And, oh, by the way, he didn't write an ebook about this. He didn't just do a manifesto and spread it around the Internet. He said, I'm going to create a three-day event, not an afternoon event, not an hour in the morning, which most people would start at. No, let's do something global. Let's do something big. I mean, that is 
beyond words. So he's taken his inspiration, he's made it a dream, he's manifested, and he manifested a big dream. He didn't go small. And that takes, that man is growing by leaps and bounds every single minute of every single day. There's no stopping him now because once you're on this road, and I can attest to this, once you're on this road, you can't get off the road. The road just now ever expands. This three-day event will turn into a, you know, a three-day event all around in different country, you know, cities. It'll turn into, you know, a year event. Who knows what he's going to turn it into, but it's going to be bigger and bolder and more depending on how his vision grows and what it's just incredible i say mr fearless for the year i'm telling you you know what's so cool about this you know i was with him last night i did a panel on personal empowerment uh with ocean robbins james od and Lindsay wagner and eric's sitting in the audience right and uh, and he's just nobody even knows who this guy is you know, he's sitting right, there. Right. People don't know who he is. And, you know, this was a uh, a webcast as well. And at the end, when I was, you know, thanking everyone, I brought him up. He is so humble. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how humble he is. And this is really, I want you to talk to this because, you, you know, you know a lot about this because this has been your path as well. I said to him, Eric, you know, there are people that want to help you, um, you know, raise some money around this. He, he said, I, I, you know, I don't have time. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I let's know. talk priorities, okay? <laughs> Let, let's talk priorities. <laughs> well, you know, it's so fantastic because whenever you have a dream, right, whenever you want to make something happen, you know, you've got to face your fear, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the bottom line. The difference between me and anybody else, the difference between you and anybody else, the difference between Eric, firefighter, put on the three-day event, and anyone else, is their willingness to face their fear, their willingness to master their fear in the area that they're trying to grow in. You know, so so Eric has been willing to master fear. When he says he doesn't have time to raise money, I totally get it. Because right now all he's doing is in-the-moment action, in-the-moment action. He doesn't have time for planning right now. And this is what happens uh, in a lot of things, you know, when it, when it comes to fearlessness, when you start the train rolling. The, the ball starts rolling, and it's downhill, and it's, you're just trying to keep up. So right now Eric's just trying to keep up. He can't plan. Now, once the three-day event's over, then he will start planning and, and probably doing some more strategic thinking. But in the beginning, for lots of uh, entrepreneurs, for lots of people who have extraordinary ideas, and when you first start having the courage to start doing it, planning isn't necessarily what you think it is. So you've got to kind of go with the flow. You know, it's like you find a tributary, 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 there you go, uh, of a river, and you don't know that it's going to be, you know, moving into the Mississippi. You just like, oh, look at this little creek, and you are on it, and you're going, right? You can't yeah. shift, you know, you can't shift streams. You're on your stream. So go down the stream, right? And that stream is going to take you somewhere, and you've got to keep on practicing skills, practicing being fearless, asking yourself what are you being asked to grow, you know, how are you, how are you, what do you need to learn right now, and you've got to keep asking those same questions and just keep going down the river. Because trust me, the river widens, and it does turn into the Mississippi, and then your world you know, Eric's world will never go back. Eric's world can never go back. And when you follow the river and you get to the Mississippi, your world can never go back either. And what you used to think was scary for you becomes so unscary. Like the things that you fear become so minute. They become so irrelevant. And the things that now are in front of you, because you've gone down the stream and you've hit the river, that stream taught you 90% of what you need to know to make it on the river. Mm. And that's the that's the fallacy that people don't understand when they when it's about becoming fearless. But understand that the beginning stages of making something happen teach you so many of the skills that you need later on. But they think, oh well, if I have to learn this now, geez, what am I going to have to learn later? 
and that stops them from actually, you know, following the stream. So mm-hmm. I, I applaud Eric. I applaud Eric. I applaud Eric. You know, and it, and it's and it's no different than your dream, Doctor Pat. You know, you're a definite fearless person, definite fearless woman, and Eric is a fearless guy with a big vision, and he's going for it. And I say, Hallelujah! Wow, and the world's you know- gonna change. Uh, well, l- l- let's talk a minute about, you know, uh, uh, you and your journey. Because, Rhonda, you set up the Fearless Living Institute. I mean, you're, you're like, there's no stopping you. Um, there's nothing, nothing, nothing that has gotten in your way. But, you know, this didn't start from a happy place with you. No, me either. I mean, we're not talking a slapping happy here, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, most big changes happen from crisis, Mm. you know, and this is the challenge is that most of us don't process our crisis. We have a crisis. There's a place of unforgiveness. There's a place of beating ourselves up, right? And we, we believe the unforgiveness. We believe the beating ourselves up. We believe the crisis is our fault. We blame ourselves or blame the world, and we never get out of that mindset. We never can shift it. The, the, the difference, again, between, you know, you know, the people who are fearless and the people who aren't, is that the people who become fearless take that crisis. Because, again, every single one of us, most of us, I should say, even though I kind of believe every single one of us, but let's just say most of us have had a crisis in our past or in a crisis now. And, you know, with the economy the way it is, more people are in crisis than ever, you know, in some way or another. And it's like, what are you going to do with this crisis? Is it going to be that you're trying to get back to the past? Are you trying to run back to the past to try to get your safety back? Or are you going to say, okay, here I am, you know, screw it, crapola, here I am, i got to figure this out, i better keep moving forward. You know, running back to the past only keeps you stuck and safe and actually more fearful. It actually increases your fear. So you want to start moving forward. And, and what you're referring to, Dr. Pat, is, you know, my, my, my past, my crisis, it was um, horrific. And, you know, I, I pray no one, I never, I always breaks my heart when I read about it in the newspaper if it happens to another child, another uh, young adult, is that when I was 14 years old, uh, my parents were going through divorce, and my father came over for Father's Day. And instead of taking us out to brunch, as, he had promised he took out a gun and shot my mother twice and then shot himself. And I was the only witness. And my, that moment, those two moments, those two minutes where my father was murdering my mother and committing suicide. And all the while I was yelling, stop, stop, stop. And he pointed the gun at me. And I, and my father had tried to kill me by strangling me when I was 12. And I really did believe that he was going to kill me that day. And my, you know, my mother yelled out and said, stop, you know, Ron, uh, my dad's name. And that's when he shot it the second time. And that moment, obviously, with, you know, we can all say, of course, that changed my life. Mm. And that changed, that changed my life in that moment of I really believed fundamentally that it was my fault. And I fundamentally believed that I was being punished and that I, you know, didn't deserve, you know, a good life, so to speak. So for the next 20 years, I believed, and I think all of some other people have this wrong thinking as well, is that I believe to be a good daughter, to be a good daughter would be to sacrifice myself. To be a good daughter would not be happy because you can't be happy if your parents are dead. So I believed that I had to struggle and suffer, and I had to take the punishment I was given at 14 years old with my father killed my mother, and the fact that I was alive, 
meant that I had to endure, you know, you know, blaming myself, uh, the world against me, et cetera, et cetera. Even though, you know, at the same time, I was a straight-A student and I was, you know, class president. I got a scholarship to college. You know, it's like I was living these two worlds. On one hand, I was kind of knowing, knowing that, I, that I could accomplish and make things happen, but, but inside I had to keep on punishing myself. And it wasn't until the 20th anniversary of my parents' death that took 20 years, now mind you, from 14 to 34, I had to realize and I had to give up that being a good daughter was my priority, you know, and was my highest value, was, was proving their death wasn't in vain. I started realizing that their death being in vain was me not being happy and me not moving forward and me not taking what I needed from their death, the lessons that they'd given me, the, the growth that was possible. And I, you know, turned my life around. And when I turned my life around, um, shockingly to me, surprisingly to me, it actually turned other people's lives around. Mm. So, you know, I, I think we, you know, there are many people out there that are listening to us right now, Dr. Pat, that have an unforgiveness, that have a crisis that, that's been in the past, and they're still blaming themselves for it, and they're still shaming themselves for it. They're still, you know, wishing they would have done it differently. And, you know, that, that can be let go of if they're willing. It's a willingness to let go. Uh, of that badge, what I call the badge of honor, you know, the badge of honor, look, I'm suffering, I'm, that means mm-hmm. I'm a good person, look, I'm sacrificing, that means I'm a good person, look, yeah. uh, you know, you know, you, you got to give up the badge of honor of sacrifice to get to, to and take on the badge of life, right, take, off the, take on the badge of fearlessness, mm-hmm. like Eric has. You know, uh, honestly, uh, this has been um, an event, and this is the second day, uh, of course, um, but this event and so far all of our involvement has really changed all of us. You know, even Linda in New Jersey, who's been busy, you talked to Linda, right? Um, Yeah. uh, Scheduling people. Um, But one of the things that keeps coming up, it's a reoccurring theme. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, and I'm going to ask you. Someone asked me, why did you get picked to do the forgiveness segment on the big stage on Sunday? You know, what? <laughs> yeah. Why, why did you get picked? I mean, you know, where's like the big forgiveness in your life? And, you know, that's kind of an interesting question. And I wanted to ask you uh, uh, for us to have a conversation about forgiveness. Rhonda, from your point of view, what is it and what is it not? Ooh, good question. Well, forgiveness for, forgiveness for me is a willingness to move into the present and let go of the past. You know, when we're unforgiving, um, it means we're not we're willing to let go of the past. And unforgiveness, and I'm sure you've heard this, Dr. Pat, is, you know, when you hold that grudge, when you're unforgiving towards yourself or another human being, and you believe that that, because people have this, this, this false belief that when they're unforgiving, that somehow the other person's being punished, right? Mm-hmm. That somehow that other person, you know, I'm not going to give them my love. I'm not going to let them go. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to this grudge because somehow it's punishing the other person. Well, I'm sure, like I said, you've heard this, the saying before, is that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking the other person's going to die. Mm-hmm. And you know, forgiveness is really about for giving to yourself and for giving to others, what are you willing to give? You know, what are you willing to share? What are you willing to extend? When we're being unforgiving, we hoard, we hold back, we we stay stuck. We, we you know, part of ourselves hardens. 
right? When we're willing to forgive, we have to give towards ourselves. We have to give towards others. We have to give to life. We have to reach out, right? There has to be more of us. We have to give more of us. When we're in unforgiveness, we can stay very trapped inside of ourselves and have a mindset that the world is against us, you know, that that person's against you, the world is against you. And when you believe the world is against you, um, you know, it's very difficult to have hope. It's very difficult to believe that, you know, things are going to go your way. It's difficult to believe. Actually, it's difficult to believe that God's for you because I really do believe that if you think the world's against you, you believe God's against you. Mm. And and so when you are willing to forgive, you're willing to say, ah, God is for me, and I'm the one that's been shutting the door on God, right? You start taking personal responsibility. Being unforgiving, again, there's there's a lack of personal responsibility, even though I understand that when you're being unforgiving, you actually think you are responsible, but you're not actually responsible to the thing, to yourself, to the thing that you must be responsible for. You're actually being responsible to the unforgiveness, right? You're being un- you're being responsible to the, with, the withholding. Mm-hmm. You know, you're having integrity. You're having integrity to withhold. You're having integrity to like, I'm going to keep my promise and punish that person forever. You know, just like I did for 20 years. Yes. You know, so. And, and I want to say one little bit before is that I thought I forgave my parents during those twenty years. Oh. You know, I and I, you know, I forgave them as much as I could, right? And and that's the other fallacy that I want to break right now is that people think that once you forgive, you always forgive, and then they beat themselves up if something comes up in the future that brings up unforgiveness again. Yes, exactly. Okay, it's like there's a big puzzle, right? There's a big right. puzzle, and you're only privy to three pieces. Well, then great, forgive those three pieces, and then. You know, five years later, 20 pieces show up. Great. Forgive that then. You know, it, it, it's like I have forgiven my parents. It's been, it's been, you know, 30 some years, 35 plus years since my parents died now. And I forgive them. I've probably forgiven them 15 times over the last 30 some, 30 some years. Uh, and, and, and I know I'll forgive them in the future. I don't even know what, I don't even know what will come up, but I'm sure something will come up. It's just a part of my life and part of my own expansion. That's what that is, is forgiving more and more and more, is, is making me larger and more expansive and more open and more loving. So I keep hitting unforgiveness, you know, that place of i got to forgive. When I keep expanding, that's natural and normal. I love so, this. I love the way we're talking about this, Rhonda. Rhonda Britton, everybody, joining me here today live at one the event. Uh, you know why I love this? Because, you know, thank you for reminding me that love is a process. You know, it's kind of yeah. like you forgive your ex uh, until he or she shows up with another partner. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and, then, and then you forgive them, you get through that, and then when they have a child, you're like, what? You know? <laughs> we had our own children. How could he do this to me, right? He's not even doing it to you. He's not even in the house with you. But, yeah, and then he goes on to make a million dollars after he leaves you. Ah, you never forgive him again, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, you know, I, that's what I, I think we forget that forgiveness is a process, and thank you so much for sharing that. You know, you know, we, you know what we handle it as if it is, we handle it as if it's it's a switch that gets flipped, right? That's right. That's you know, like we are little automatrons, and all of a yes. sudden we wake up one day, we have a catastrophe in our lives, or we get sick, and now we hear, Rhonda, you ready? You're going to love this one because I want you to talk to talk to this because those of us that have certain spiritual practice, right? We have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Well, you must have done something to set the intention for that to happen, baby. Oh, oh, you know let's not oh. throw up all over ourselves right now. Oh, you know what? I, you know what? 
I love personal development. I love spiritual philosophy. You know, I, I, you know, I actually believe so many of the things that are in our pop culture right now. And uh, one of the things that just will not die, so to speak, is that every single thing that happens to us is, you know, based on our thought per se. You know, there's something called the consciousness of the planet. Okay, there's something called the consciousness of our family. There's a, there's a there's an entire consciousness that is not just our consciousness. And I know that, you know, that people that are thinking, well, there's only one of us here, so it's only my consciousness. I get it. I know. I know. Okay. And, you know, it, it's 9-11, right? And there's a lot of mixed feelings right now, right? Everybody's having mixed feelings. And, and, and maybe your feelings are more towards, uh, you know, sadness or towards hope or towards, you know, uh, forgiving. Uh, you know, the, or, you know, happy that the families, have, you know, where the families are maybe in grief over the families, right? So, so it's like, you know, how you process 9-11 as an individual may be different than how we're processing it as a country mm. with these events or with the news or whatever you're watching or participating in. So, you know, just notice that your experience may be different than what other people are saying and feeling about it. And so there is a, Worldwide consciousness, you know, there's a country, we have a America consciousness, we have a, a city consciousness, you know, L.A. is different than New York, Seattle's different than Portland, Portland's different than Chicago. So where you live, there's a consciousness, and then individually, and then in your family, and then your friends, you know, you, you know, again, we've all heard, you know, who your friends are can tell me everything about you, so who do you hang out with? You know, it's going to again determine your consciousness, right? So, so, so be attentive. When something, quote unquote, an illness happens, or, you know, you didn't get a job or a raise. I really totally believe that, you know, failure is not a bad thing. Failure forces us to dig our roots deeper in the earth, to face our false beliefs, to face our, in, in, uh, it, it, you know, our, our lack of discernment, our inconsistencies, and get more integrous inside of ourselves, align ourselves more with the truth of who we are. So. If you think of any time something happens that you don't agree with or that you're upset about, it is a call for you to go, okay, where am I aligned? It's not like, where did I make this happen and how am I a bad person? Well, it's I, about, yeah. you know, it's about we're aligned, align, align. Uh, I know. You know, it's so funny. This is so cool. Uh, you know, because you know me, I've been chronically, well, I, you know, I'm going to say this. I, I don't usually say this. But, you know, I've had a chronic illness since uh, 2004. It actually happened at Bonnie Bernard's, right, our buddy Bonnie, <laughs> workshop she was doing. Uh, and uh, I, I had to fire like four practitioners. I have a, I have a practitioner now that I work with. I had to fire four of them because every one of them said that to me. They said, you know, you must, what were you holding in your consciousness? You know, I said, holding in my consciousness, give me a bleep and break. I have been bitten by a tick. That's why I'm sick. I was bitten by a tick. What are you saying? That I attracted the tick to bite me to get, wow. You know what I'm saying, Ron? Right, 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 right. Like you ate, you like, right, exactly. Now, again, you have so much power about, you know, again, we're not talking, when we, when we think of larger things, right, if you drink Coca-Cola every day and smoke two packs of cigarettes <laughs> and only fried foods, you're contributing to your ill health, right? Right. But, but, you know, we've, we've all known people that are incredibly healthy and have a heart attack, incredibly right. healthy. Right. And, and get cancer, right? So, so there, it's not just us, it's, we're interacting with a world. 
And and so what do we want to do with that interaction? How do you want to take that interaction? Do you want to use it in fear and go, see, it always happens to me. Oh, the, the tick picked me. See, I'm the one. What kind of cologne was I wearing? Why me? Why me, right? Or it's like, damn, the tick bit me. Now what do I do about it, right? <laughs> How do I move forward rather than dwelling in the past? Yeah. Yeah. The, the past is gone, people. Hello. Bye-bye. You know, we can learn from it. I get it. But you've got to keep moving forward. And how you learn from the past is by moving forward in the future, not spending all your time back there. Yeah, I love this. You know, because, you know, this is, you and I are going to do a video tomorrow, and I'm so grateful. Rhonda Brittany is here joining us here today. Rhonda, I want you to just uh, give everybody, fill us in on how they can find out more about you, uh, what what you're up to, and I would also like to have a personal message from you. Oh, absolutely. Well, right now, I am actually creating my Fearless Living online training program. And I I know all my Fearless Living program is now online. I know. I'm so excited. So if you go to RhondaBritton.com and go to the homepage, RhondaBritton.com, to the homepage, the very first line there says, find out about the Fearless Living online training program. Click there, and you will find out all about the Fearless Living online training program. And I am so excited. I'm creating new websites. So in the next, like, two to three weeks, you're going to see all new websites, and and um, you're going to start seeing videos. I'm creating videos. I mean, I'm doing, in, in, in like, within one month, my whole website is going to be radically different. So please visit me in a month. But if you want to find out what I'm doing with the Fearless Looking Online Training, if, if anything I've said has inspired you, if this weekend has inspired you, if September 11 has inspired you and said no more fear, and regardless of what area in your life, if you're just like, you know what, no more fear. Uh, then please go to Rhonda Britton, B-R-I-T-T-E-N, Britton.com, and um, go to the homepage, click that first link of Fearless Living Online Training, and you'll be led to the training and find out if it's for you. And, you know, when you ask me for a phrase, yeah. uh, you know, a, me- a yeah. message, yeah, yeah, this is what I know to be true, is that we're all innocent. Nobody taught us. Nobody has taught us how to understand, process, and master fear. No one. Before I created my method, there actually was no process to master fear. That's right. People told you people told you a lot of how do, you know, like to go. Well, just become disciplined, or just think positive. But nobody actually told you how to do that, right? Right. So, so, I, so I, I love when people just throw things out, like you know how. Like, that's what my problem was. People just threw things out, and I was like, what? How do I do that? That's why I created the Fearless Living Online Training Program. And what I know to be true is that you are innocent, and right now in this moment. You know the truth because right now you have a choice to either master fear or fear is mastering you. So either you learn to master fear or it will master you, period, end of story. Those are the only two choices we have, and you are choosing one whether you know it or not. You're, if, if you're not actively mastering your fear, I guarantee you fear is mastering you. And I, I, I personally have a mission to make the world fearless. I, I personally think about it. Pretty much every moment of the day, I am committed because I don't want anyone to die. I don't want anyone to live. I don't want anyone to be alone. I don't want anyone to have those feelings of the world against you ever again. Mm. If I can do something about it, I'm going to do it. Thank you. Rhonda Britton, everyone. Rhonda, when you're ready to come back on, I would love to talk with you about... Uh, your new website and the online training. That oh, is amazing. You. Rhonda Britton, everyone. RhondaBritton.com. Go to the website. Wow. She and I are going to do the video tomorrow. So I hope you guys are going to be watching at TransformationTalkRadio.com or OneTheEvent.com.